Habib, glad to have you back, man. We're back, man. Let's yep. go. Uh, you said you were going to last year. Yep. Here we are. And as a result of you being back here, we're doing the video version. Uh, Absolutely. Per your request good, last year, you said you'd be top 10 overall and you wanted a video version. Yeah. So fair enough, man. Exactly. What What have you been up to since uh, since last year? Um, just moved into a place in Detroit, uh, downtown apartment. Um, but just taking care of my guys, you know, hanging out with them every single day and helping them hit their goals for next season. Okay. Just getting ready. <laughs> you just had a birthday? Yep. Two days ago. Turned 20. 20 um, years old, man. I'm more teenager, man. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Uh, you feeling, you feeling old? Um, yeah, man, honestly, because <laughs> I always act older than my age. Everyone thinks I'm, uh, on the doors. They thought I was 26, 27. When I, when I meet new people, I think I'm older already. So, um, but no, man, I, I love it. I how, love it. How much of your success do you attribute to the beard during the summer? I don't know if for those of you guys that, you know, we need to flash a picture of Jack right now on the screen of the beard. Um, Looked about 30, 40, 45 years old, depending on the day. Like, uh, what, what was that? What were the thought process going through your mind when you just let that thing Yeah, man. Um, I show up to Philly in like April, May, and, uh, you know, dealing with a lot of like, no, buddy, I'm good. All right, buddy, you know, get out of here. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try something new. So I grew out the beard and, um, you know, people thought I was older and it, and it worked. <laughs> it, it, it did, man. You looked yeah. at, you looked five to 10 years older for sure. Yeah. Um, so this last year, I know that we just went over uh, a recap of, of some of your accomplishments, man, but uh, you broke the all-time record uh, in the outlier team. So Detroit, Philadelphia, $485,000 in sold rev during the summer. Um, man, so just ask, pivoting from being a top 10 rookie last year and now moving into top 10 overall rep, what were some of the, the biggest differences from your rookie year uh, to your second summer? Yeah, I've been getting this question a lot. Um even down at MVP in Arizona, a lot of guys come up to, you know, what's the biggest thing that switched? And um, honestly, going from your rookie year to your sophomore year, um, a lot of guys think it's going to be easier because you already sold one summer. Mm -hmm. That cannot be farther from the truth. Um, if anything, it's more difficult because you have your revenue you're responsible for and then all your guys underneath. But mm -hmm. um, really, it was just the little things, you know, because going into your second year, you know how to sell. Um, I don't care if you sold 100K. I don't care if you sold 400K your rookie year. You know how to how to sell, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's just toning in the the small things like your routine, um, your habits off the doors, and then obviously work ethic, you know, and having a solid why. How did you balance being on the doors with like your communication or needing to help out you know your team? How did that work this last year? Yeah, it was um, it was definitely a shift. You know, I showed up to, to Philly in May and. Um, May was one of my slower months just because I would say in May, I probably knocked like a full day, uh, seven days out of, out of May, just because, okay. you know, it, there's things you, you can't control. Your guys have police issues, mm -hmm. you know, um, stuff, with the apartments, which you need to deal with, right? Your mm -hmm. number one rule, take care of your guys, right? So, mm -hmm. um, but all in all, you just get used to that. And the big thing is making them independent reps. Uh, that way, when you have your June, July, and August, you can go out there and do your thing. What were some of I, I heard about? Obviously, every market deals with police, right? What were some of the things that you learned as far as like the best ways to handle? Hey, a cop kicked me <laughs> out of my neighborhood. Like, what what, what should I do? How do you handle those situations with your rookies this um, year? Yeah, honestly, uh, just uh, just having new area ready to go. 
Okay. Because, you know, when a guy calls you with cop issues, you don't want to take an hour off the doors to figure it all out. Because no, <laughs> that's how your personal production and when you're not producing, your guys aren't producing either. So um, just having backup area ready and close, that way, if they do need backup area, you don't have to go pick them up. They can just mm-hmm. walk to it, you know, around the corner, a couple, couple minute walk. So that's that's so big. And then also uh, just to throw in there neutrality pretty important when oh, the cops yeah. get called right absolutely but make sure they understand it's not the end of the world they're not going to prison oh yeah <laughs> the cops no. just need to move. it's just part of the job man you know and um there are definitely more cops in philly than detroit which y- you deal with it but um yeah just staying neutral and control what you can't control i saw some pretty epic throw down thursdays some pretty amazing <laughs> battles right so talk to me about what were some of the uh, the just the dog fights this year that went down on Thursdays? Um, <laughs> this is this is hilarious. Brent's gonna Brent's gonna want to kill me. <laughs> um, so it's the first Thursday, and uh, you know, is it in April, and mm-hmm. we want to show all the rookies, you know, what what Throwdown Thursday is all about. And um, Brent <laughs> Brent comes up to me, or Brent goes in front of the whole office. I want the Terminator. Everyone calls me the Terminator, so I'm like, all right, we're doing it. Um, so I. Uh, I, I made the conditions milk, milk, pour the milk on the head. Okay. Right? Yeah. So um, <laughs> this is so funny, dude. So we go out to area, you know, I drop my guys off, whatever. Um, he goes out, starts knocking. Worst start of the day ever, bro. We, uh, I hop out there. As soon as I start knocking, um, I got there late, like 1130. Okay. As soon as I start knocking, two of my, two of my guys call me with cop issues. So I'm like, okay, you know, got, got to deal with it. So I go, I have to move them around. I get back on the doors at one and I'm still at zero sales. At the same time, I look in the WhatsApp and Brent's already at four. I'm like, oh my God. Four one? Yeah. That's Brent. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, Mark Langwood sends a text in there. Uh, Jack, I hope you're not lactose intolerance. And that just pissed me off, dude. That just flipped the gear. So um, I also look uh, what area Brent's in. Mm-hmm. And just to give the, the audience um, some background, uh, knocking Philly compared to Michigan, there's not many bodies of water out there. There's not many lakes, not many rivers. Um, okay. you know, it's mostly woods and it's more spread out without a doubt. So, um, I see what area Brent's knocking. It's the one river in, in Philly, man. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh. He knew he was going so, against you. Yeah. So I'm, I literally text him. I'm like, you are so soft. And he sends me a question mark back. I'm like, bro, you're hood, you know? So I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, so I go back out to my area. It's one 30. Now I'm still at zero. He's at four. And, um, I'm just, I'm just telling myself, look, man, I'm not going to lose this kid. I'm not going to lose. Um, I pop off for, I finished with eight that day and he finished with seven. <laughs> yeah. And I got to, uh, pour milk over his head. <laughs> oh. Best, best feeling without a doubt. man. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Brent for calling you out in the first oh, yeah. place, but, Brent's, uh, that's, dog. that's a hell of a comeback, man. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. And then this year, you know, first year office, Philadelphia, you guys absolutely put yourselves on the map and, and came through in a massive way. You know, you guys learned a ton of lessons. Um, what were some of the the showdown competitions uh, where, you know, the boys came through or you guys learned? So what was one of the biggest battles you guys had this past year? Um, you know, just in, in S.H.I.E.L.D. in general, it was uh, when we started when we started S.H.I.E.L.D. off, it was definitely a learning curve, getting a lot more rookies bought in mm-hmm. um, because our rookies, they started off pretty slow. You know, but uh, we definitely came together towards the end of the year. Um, we won rivalry week, so we got to go to Roos Chris, which was awesome. But um, throughout on Thursday was probably, you know, the best day of the week just because 
everybody would call each other out and it was so much fun uh me and brent went at each other like three or four times a year and um i went up called the whole office out one time um and so did brent and it was just tons of fun for sure okay uh do you remember your record against brent uh he did get me one time so it was it was there two and one or three and one so, okay yeah. all right of, uh, we'll see how it goes this next year, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Never um, sleep on Brent. Oh, no. Throwing down that kind of revenue, what was the average time frame of a sale from start to finish? Just what do you think estimate? Yeah, probably um, 10 to 12 minutes uh, max. Okay. What do you think? Did you ever go like 30 minutes plus on a sale? Um, very rarely. You know, um, if I if I really knew they were a buyer and, you know, I need to spend more time with them, I would. But I would say they're probably 10 people where I spent 30 more minutes on. Um, the way I sell is, you know, if if I don't think you're a buyer right away, you know, I'm out of the next door, which okay. um, we say sell the yeses, sell the maybes, leave the nos for the next guy. And I might have left some nos out there for the next guy, but um, I'm all about efficiency. You know, that's, that's the way I sell. How many people do you talk to per day? Um, in uh, May through July, I would say 60, 65. Okay. And then August, obviously working longer hours, um, closer to 70, 75. Hey, so talk to me about August, right? August yeah. mania. Um, <laughs> you came in out of the whole company. You came in second place. I know you. I know that probably is something that you're really proud of and also rubs you in some uh, type yeah. of way as well. Um, but talk to me about uh, you know August winning the winning the Rubicon, right? The the car for the next twelve months. What was it like going through that battle? Uh, Oh, so much fun, man. I, I love it. You know how competitive I am with, with yeah, basketball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's funny. So we had um we had rivalry week at the end of end of July, last week of July. Mm-hmm. Um I go up to Alan Cooley and I'm like, look, Alan, I'm selling 180k in August. Like, I'm just doing it. That's that's what I'm gonna do. Like, I promise you, I will do everything I can to sell that much. So um come uh, come August, I uh I just start throwing down, man. And um, I wasn't really looking at the numbers until it was mid August. I'm like, okay, I can really win this thing. You know, I need to work even harder. So I, uh, it's funny the whole summer, May, June, July, I deprived myself from caffeine for the month of August. Mm. Um, when August rolled around, uh, I would pop caffeine pills, um, every three to four hours. And okay. the minute I popped the caffeine pill within the next 30 minutes, I get a sale which is crazy, but that's one thing I did. Note to the listeners, he deprived himself of caffeine May, June, and July yeah. before hitting that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what hours were you working during August? Yeah, so August 1st rolled around. I uh, I show up to the morning meeting. Uh, Alan pulls me aside. I think he texts me. He's like, hey, man, do not go to the morning meeting. Go straight out to the area. Uh, that's what I did for Mania. That's how I want it. So this is what you need to do. So I'm like, okay. Um, so I would... Uh, I'd wake up every day in August at 6 a.m. Um, I'd do my morning routine. I would leave for area um, 7.30-ish. Okay. And I would be knocking an hour away in August. That's just how it worked out. So I would knock my first door 8.30-ish and 9 a.m. I did stop at the gas station before just because bathroom break. I didn't want to use the bathroom at all during the day so I could maximize my hours. So... Uh, 8.30, 9 o'clock, start knocking, and then we go until dark, um, 8.30-ish in Philly. It's a little, little darker, a little earlier there. So, mm-hmm. And what what'd you end up selling in August? 
170k. 170k red. Yeah. Sheesh. So I didn't hit my goal. <laughs> That's all. Well, where'd you go? 180k. Oh, <laughs> 5k is your and you yeah. left something for next year, man. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then who was? Were you keeping track of like the leaderboard throughout the competition, or do you just focus on what you're doing? What's your strategy when you're in competitions? Yeah, when I'm in competitions, I um. I look at the leaderboards, but I don't. I look at them like at the end of every week because I just go on a week to week basis. Because if I were to check every single day, it would drive me nuts. So um, if I look at the leaderboards at the beginning of a week and I see I have to catch this guy by like 10K, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that without a doubt. You know, that's just how the week's going to work. And um, that's how it was for top 10 as well. Because I think start of August, I was. Um, I want to say like 12 or 13 and I had uh I had 40k to catch up to to number 10 it was like 40 or 50k maybe okay um so I would just take it on a week by week basis um but for mania I did check the the numbers a lot because Avery Avery's name was up there shout out Avery million dollar man savage um so I'm like I gotta beat this guy and then um yeah so I would just for, for mania I definitely check it every day you know okay what's he doing what's I'm doing what, what am I doing what where do you think the competitive nature is that that you have like where does that come from do you know honestly i don't man because um my dad is isn't very competitive he's the type of guy to go out um be like well it just matters if you have fun right okay <laughs> um but i think it just started when i was young because i started out playing sports at a very young age and um a lot of that had to do with my brother too because my brother you know would uh would beat me in a lot of things you know, growing older up. younger what's the what's your sibling order oh i just want to have one one brother he's um almost two years older than me okay. so um growing up he'd always you know beat me in whatever just because he was bigger mm -hmm. but eventually i caught him and um then i looked for new competition okay and what also helped is i uh i skipped kindergarten growing up so i was always put in um you know sports that uh, who were older than me you know mm -hmm. my peers were older than me so um they were just growing up physically. If you're a year older than the guy next to you, you're going to be better than them. Yeah. You know? So I was always, you know, competing at a high level against those individuals. And I think that translates really well because, you know, I was only 19 this last summer and I was going up against what, 20, 22 year olds, 20, 25 year olds. And, um, but all in all, I just hate to lose. You know, I, I simply hate losing. I gave a presentation on this, but, um, at Pro Bowl, mm -hmm. if you, uh, if you hate losing more than you love winning, you'll win more. Um, MJ talks about that as yeah, well. I agree. So. Yep. Hey, that was that was an incredible presentation. Yeah, Appreciate man. that. Um, that's uh, that's something, man. I entirely relate to that. Oh, Hating yeah. to lose. Oh, I know. More you than love to win. Yeah, even though <laughs> we hoop together. To <laughs> yeah, a hey, undefeated in oh, Arizona yeah. this Come last on. time. Yeah, <laughs> as expected. Um, but all right. So I want to dive into a little bit of your psyche because I get questions. I get questions from guys about a hey, what do top performers do in different areas, and you're you're currently the record holder out of anybody that you know I've had the pleasure of working with. So, um, when you're approaching a season, uh, what do you do to prepare yourself to get yourself ready to perform for you know not a day, not a week, but for a four month period of time? Um, yeah, the first thing is uh, is actually walking. I uh, this last summer because when you first start off the summer the first two weeks are going to be hell if you're, um, you know, your feet aren't used to it. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I tried to walk like three to five miles every single day, uh, just to prepare the blisters. 
um, you know, so your feet are prepared. But mm-hmm. other than that, just having a, di- a dialed routine, um, you know, that way when you show up to Philly and you, you're not starting something new, you're just hopping back in your routine in a new environment. So that, uh, that makes so much sense. And I think everybody that does this job understands what you're talking about, the, the wear and tear in your body when you first start out and your muscles are getting used to it, your body's getting used to it. Um, that is intelligent. I didn't know that that was something that you guys did. Love yeah. that. Um, so I, another question just from rookies that have been talking to me about, you know, what they can do to get ready. So for your team, for anybody else that's go, going into direct door-to-door sales for the first time, right? What are some of the things that they need to, you know, have, have on their mind? What are some things they need to do in order to be successful and be one of the guys that finish versus, you know, the, the percentage of guys that fall off each year? What can they do? Love this question. So many things. First, read books. Um, which ones uh, I would say the so many so many to give um, seller be sold Grant Cardone we talked about mm-hmm. this last podcast uh, 10x rule um, one one good one is embrace the suck mm. I read this during last summer great book um, with way of the wolf Jordan before we talked about this one too and then relentless and winning by Tim Grover um, those are money. Oh, I've read all those, but one. So, so many, so many good books there. Um, I mean, I can get, I can go on and on, dude, about books. Outweighing the Devil is another one. Another so, so one. books, one thing. Okay, I just want to get some specification yep. for yep. the guys that are looking at it. And then, um, what else? Books. Uh, second, um, it's so funny. The presentation I'm giving on tonight is so much stuff to do. So, this is dialed. Uh, second is get a routine started. You know, we just talked about that, but um, wake up every single morning and do the same thing, whether that's know, meditate for five minutes, write out your affirmations, exercise. It doesn't have to be hard. Just make it consistent every single morning. Again, that way, when you show up to Philly or Detroit, wherever you're selling, um, it's dialed. You know, you're ready to go. Third, do something hard every single day. Um, take a cold shower every single day. Yes. I, I do. I love it. I started this this last summer and I'm, I'm addicted to it. It's weird. Same, same, same. First two months were awful, but now it's like, dude, I need my cold shower. I need it. It, it wakes you up, man. It oh takes you there to where you need to go. It's like two Red Bulls, man. Yeah. Doing hard stuff. Um, like, so cold shower, cold plunge, uh, and get rejected, uh, get used to rejection, go up to that girl and just get, get, get rejected, you know, just get used to, um, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Because that's all this job is. Mm-hmm. Whoever's the most comfortable being uncomfortable sells the most. So um, just to recap, books, routine, um, do hard stuff. And then fourth, uh, obviously train. So, you know, role play. Um, that's the biggest part. But um, have, a, have a shift in your identity. And I talk about this tonight too. But um, your habits shape your identity. So... If you wanna, if if you wanna come out your first summer, and be a top ten rookie and make six figures, make sure your habits align with that. You know, top ten rookies don't, you know, they don't let their managers hit them up to train. They hit their managers up to train. Mm-hmm. Top ten rookies um, don't read the manual every once in a while. They read it every single day. Top ten rookies have a solid routine. Top ten rooks, um, you know, I could go on and on meditate you know they do that they do the right stuff every single day because if you want to have that you know if you want that goal it's great but your habits better align with with your identity because if not you're going to go out there and you might not even finish 
I want to get a little more specific on training because I know that there, hey, there are a lot of guys in Philly and Detroit that want to be next up for a top 10 rookie, right? When you say training, what specifically are some of the ways they can elevate their skill set, right? Like get, get specific. What can they do to prepare? Uh, watch a big part of the pitches, obviously, right? Um, go on preseason trips because that um, speeds up the learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, there's literally door-to-door experience on the preseason trips. Um, and the hit up, you know, what, what's crazy is success leaves footprints. You know, we've had rookies make six figures. We've had guys make a lot of money. We've guys had guys hit ownership. They're all available. You know, their numbers are in the WhatsApp. So mm-hmm. hit them up. You know, I love when guys hit me up, when guys first sign hit me up. And that's my number one thing I love because I was the same way. I was always hitting you up, Ethan. I would not leave you guys alone. <laughs> I, I, I remember. Yeah. I mean, most notably, you, uh, Mark, uh, Brent, and Tristan have hit me, like, and everybody else, hit me and everybody else up more than anybody I've seen before. Just consider it's so much so that it's like, okay, do, hey, I, I can do like, you know, one or two trainings with you per week, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. like, you know the but, schedule. <laughs> but I, but I love that. Right. Absolutely. That hunger was real. You could feel that from all you guys and look, look at, you know, where you're at. And there's other guys as well um, that, that have done that. But I just remember that group and, you know, it's no wonder that you guys have performed the level that mm-hmm. you have with that level of hunger coming out of the gate. Absolutely. And um, the other point of this is, it's really a three-step process goal. You know, when I, when I'm talking about goal setting, number one, you uh, make the goal, whatever you want. Two is you create the commitments. And then third, you do the commitments. And then the number two is where guys struggle. Well, reach out to us. You know, we know what it takes. So uh, make those commitments. And then number three, obviously, that's where you see the separation in revenue sold. Who's ever more disciplined is going to, you know, who's ever more disciplined and do those commitments every single day is going to sell more. When guys are, you know, self-analyzing, looking at themselves and seeing where they fall in all this, what are some of the pitfalls for them to look out for? Like, what are some things that you've seen from guys now with, you know, being here for a couple of years that, hey, if if your mindset is this way or if you're you're feeling this way, then, you know, watch out, right? What are some of those things that you've seen that have led to guys falling off? Scarcity mindset. Mm. What do you mean number, by that? Number one killer. So abundance mindset, um, it means there is enough to go around. That also means if it has been done, it can be done again. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is literally anything. You can apply this to anything. You can apply it to um, money. There's no shortage of money in this world. You just have to work for it. Yep. Um, so don't be cheap. Uh, my number one, I like this word that I I, um, I saw on Grant Cardone's Instagram, miser. It's literally like the definition of someone who has a scarcity mindset. Miser, who's you know penny pinching. Okay. Um, and then you can it relates to sales because if you go into your area, it's just been knocked. If you have a scarcity mindset, you're like day's gonna suck mm-hmm. <laughs> you have an abundance mindset okay this kid didn't work as hard as me you know i'm gonna go put up five today which happened in my august there's literally like every single day like that it's crazy that's how it goes you're yeah. knocking after people every, every day you oh, know yeah. once once you get to june you're you're knocking yeah. after people every single day it's, it's whatever it's you know you bake it as bad as it as it is um so scarcity mindset and then um the other thing is distractions uh we have so many distractions one is social media um I have a love-hate relationship with social media, man. Sure. You can just... you can use it to your advantage, but it can become a huge huge disadvantage for sure. Um, I deleted it during the summer. I deleted every single every single thing. I saw that. Yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna keep it this year just to shout my guys out. Um, but on the doors, obviously it's it's gonna be gone with. Um, and then another point with distractions, you know, it can be um family. Family can distract you. 
uh, you know, no matter how much they love you, they can distract you. Um, boyfriend, girlfriend, if they're not 100% bought in, um, they're going to distract you. I guarantee it because they're going to be texting you on the doors when you should be dialed and focused in, and that's going to take revenue out of your pocket. But it could also go the other way as well. You know, if you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend that's bought in, um, they will push you, and I think you can really sell more if they're um, they're 100 in. Agreed, right? They can empower you towards your goals. Yeah, if they understand the vision. Um, so what we got: distractions, scarcity mindset, and then all in all, um, just belief. You know, uh, this job's all about belief. I really started to throw down this year when I truly believed that I could hit 500k. Because uh, I, I came in, man. 500k is a scary goal, dude. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, few uh, it, people ever do that. Yeah, it absolutely scared the shit out of me. And I think because uh, I, I popped off in June, I sold 122k in June, um, and that's when it really opened my eyes. Like, okay, this thing's doable. And then I, I slowed back down in July. I just had a slower month. Um, it, was, it was Delta, dude. The two Delta weeks were my worst weeks of the year. For really? Yeah, absolutely crazy. I, I mean, was it just happenstance or like? I was working my tail off. But it just, I threw up like 19K and 22K. Mm. And I'm just like. But poverty numbers. <laughs> the grand scheme of things. But um, I'm just sitting there scratching my head. But I'm like, okay, take a deep breath, you know, get back into it and, and you'll be fine. But um, yeah, if you if you come to the summer and, and realize, okay, I need to avoid those three things um, and have a, a strong belief that you can do it, uh, you're going to be fine. So knocking behind people. That's something. So obviously during the summer, um, we're, we're trying to avoid pain, right? And so there's a lot of different things that we hear. Um, now when knocking behind people, that's one of the more common ones that, that I'll hear from guys like, Hey, you know, I'm the eighth person selling pest control to these people this, this month or whatever, you know, um, how do you handle it? Do you change your pitch at all? Do you preface it? Do you knock the exact same way? What is your, um, technique or is it just the exact same in every neighborhood? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't like to change up my pitch. Uh, obviously if you're like a, a day or two behind someone, you need to change it up. But, um, I think I, I sell a lot of people, um, when I knock behind just because, uh, I knock their door and people sense the confidence off me, you know, um, they don't sense sales either. They sense like, um, they sense me helping them out. Right. So okay, this, this guy's not here to bug me, you know, he's here to help me out. But where does that, where does that confidence come from? Uh, practice. Okay. Just, um, perfect practice makes perfect. And so, where, where's the desire to, uh, help that person come from? Uh, just my why, you know, I, uh, I don't go out. I don't do this job to make money. I, I really don't. Um, I go out to help people and it, you know, people are going to laugh at that. You help them kill their bugs. Um, it's deeper than that. You know, um, you can go so far as to say, you know, the money I earn from this, I can help other people out. Right. And, I help my guys mm -hmm. out. So uh, going in with that mentality of a helping mentality rather than an earning mentality, uh, you're going to, you know, you're going to sell those people because they're going to pick up on it, right? They can feel the aura off you. Mm -hmm. um, when that last guy came through here, uh, I want to sell for a summer and get rich. Uh, that's what most companies' cultures have. And that's just so toxic. So yep. all in all, I, I love knocking behind people because uh, I know whoever went through that last area uh, doesn't have the same mindset as me. Um, so yeah, just going in to help people out. Um, but again, uh, if the, if the guy was like knocking, if you're knocking right behind a guy, um, 
it's only like the first 10 seconds of the pitch that the homeowner is really going to bring it up. So all you have to do is just honestly BS them for the first 10 seconds, you know, just keep them talking, get their mind off it, and then go into your pitch. And a lot of the times, you know, it's like a brush-off objection. They don't even bring it up anymore. Uh, can you give me an example of what that BS is for the first 10 seconds? It's like, um, so, yeah, uh, you were just here, man. That's my flyer guy. That's was pretty nice. Uh, yeah, well, well, whatever. Yeah, those are the those are the spray guys. I say a lot of the time, those are just the spray guys. But uh, over here, and then I just get them off the doorstep and show them bugs. Uh, I just get what they miss, you know, with the webs, and then I ask them a question, put it back on them. Uh, you have a guy, or you do it yourself? Um, okay. Because when they answer, again, when they answer that question compared to their first interaction, oh, you were just here. It totally distracts them. Hey, so going back to your mentality on the doors, the way that you sell, right, helping people. Um, I feel it's a super important thing to for people to understand because you know those salesmen that they think they're really good, right? They really think that they're incredibly good, right? Usually ego-driven individuals. And they think that sales is like a manipulation game, right? Because they're looking at it from a completely different framework. And it's wild to see the congruency of the highest performers where they're out there genuinely looking to help people and add value through the service or the product that they provide, right? And so how do you think that that, translates i think it's it's significant um throughout ecoshield the outlier team detroit philadelphia how does that translate to the way that we develop individuals and talent here absolutely i mean just look at our company's motto you know we believe in propelling you to the next level of your life um we understand that um you know some guys want to come come in use this as a stepping stone to pay off some college debt maybe mm -hmm. whether you're with us for one year or whether you're with us 25 years the whole go, the whole goal at the end of the summer is that you're going to be propelled, um, physically, financially, um, mentally, every aspect of life, right? So, if you go on the doors with um, an earner's mentality, you know, oh, this is just for money. You're going to make zero money because uh, Gaines put it puts it best. You know, there's so many other jobs out there that you make good money, uh, maybe mm -hmm. not as quick, but you know, money's so superficial you know um so go out there to help people out and you're gonna help yourself out you're gonna help others around you your your peers everyone out and, and and once again it's just wild how that translates to people being more successful at the end of the day anyway when they're able to understand on a deep level you know that that ideology that paradigm that you're talking about absolutely you look at the highest performers and they all have a helpers mentality it's it's you know? an energy man like exactly. you can you can tell if somebody's like uh you know the salesman. Like, you oh, know the salesman. We know. <laughs> that, that guy will say whatever to you, you know? Uh, yeah. That guy takes care of skunks. He's not working for us. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy does a 45-foot barrier around the house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. I want to ask you questions about things in your life that the guys that look at you as a leader would be really interested to know. So what are some of the the things that you've seen in guys' lives that have that have literally made this all worth it, man. Like what it is that we do. Like what what is what are some cool changes that you've seen in some of the guys that you're developing? Um, just you know their network, how it grows. Um, proximity is is power. Uh, you can just look at my example. You know, I came in um, from you know in, in high school. I talked about this last time. I didn't really have many friends because there was a shift in my senior year where um, okay. I, I want to be successful, you know, I want to go to the next level. And there are people surrounding me who weren't really into that, you know, 
there are a lot of kids smoking weed, you know, partying a lot, which I like to have a good time, but, you know, I wanted to focus on going to the next level of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, you know, I just look at, you know, my, uh, my guys who came out with me this year, they're, uh, when they came into the summer and when they left the summer, they're so much more independent. Um, they, their skill set, obviously with the communication skills grew, but, um, just networking, you know, they have a network who has their back and it's truly a brotherhood. You know, um, I, I tell the guys this all the time growing up, we always, you know, go to the sports camps or whatever, you know, um, summer camps where there's a group of individuals and there's always some people left out who just are quiet, you know, don't talk to each other mm-hmm. in eco shield. doesn't matter what office you're part of. Every single person is tight with each other and knows each other, you know, I mean, looking at Detroit last year, I came in and I knew zero people. We started our, our meetings in a in a park, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, who are the, all these guys? And by the end of the summer, every single person is my best friend. Like, there's no awkwardness if you go up to them at all. They're literally my brother, brothers and sisters. So, um, just the friendship, um, I think that's the biggest shift: brotherhood and, and proximity. Yeah, I'm really grateful for the iron sharpening iron effect of Absolutely. being around guys that are driven, that have purpose, right? That are looking to develop and grow. It's we don't think that it's rare because we, you know, we're around it, we're submerged into it all the time. But if you step outside of it, it's uh, it's something like a really different world yeah, out there, right? Absolutely. Um, and hey, there's a lot of awesome things going on in the world, but uh, I I just love that it pushes me to get better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and talking about hey, this is a big thing I think for anybody to really take their progress seriously. And obviously, you know, you don't want to do this in any way that's unnecessary, right? But uh, talk about outgrowing people definitely don't use their names, right? But what are some of the signs that that led you to say, hey, maybe I need to start investing more of my time with, around different people or developing myself? Like, what were some of the things that that led you to, to feel that way? I love this question, man. This hits, this hits so hard. Um, just all in all work ethic, um, you know, in high school, or even like right before college that last summer, if, you know, the, the individual that I was around didn't have summer jobs, it was kind of like a red flag. I was like, okay, what are you doing in the summer? You're playing video games all summer? Um, and then even a uh, big one is saying negative stuff out loud. That's mm. probably the biggest one. Mm. Um, if I'm around the person and they're saying negative stuff out loud, I will tell them right away, hey, I don't want to hear that. You know, I cannot be surrounded by that because – um, the minute something comes out of your mouth, it is 10 times more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we always want to say positive affirmations, right? Because if you say positive stuff, um, for example, just looking at my month of August, I would literally be knocking doors, going door to door, saying out loud, I'm a top 10 rep overall. I'm a top 10 rep overall. Over and over again. And it was so mm-hmm. funny because when I'm out there working, um, a lot of the times I don't look at my surroundings so I'd be cutting through yards and there'd be like old ladies in gardens. And I'd be saying this. It was the funniest stuff, you know, I'm a top 10 rep overall. She's like, what'd you just say? I'm like, oh, my bad. You're the homeowner, right? <laughs> but, um, I, dude, I hate, I cannot, I can't stay, I can't be around negative people. Like I, I literally can't. Um, and that's the best thing about EcoShield. Nobody says negative stuff. And if you do, you will get held accountable. It, that goes into a topic that I've recently found a lot of interest in, which is the idea of self hypnosis, self hypnosis with our words. Right. And so, yeah, when people 
negative things about situations, whether it's excuses, reasons why they cannot, or even something that I feel like a lot of people have to readjust with when they start to aspire to become is not saying negative things about themselves out loud. Like, uh, obviously, you don't want to take yourself so seriously in fun situations or whatever with your boys. But at the same time, w- when you say something about yourself, it's it's like the idea of self-hypnosis. You're telling yourself something about yourself in that moment, right? And so a lot of people are in this um, repetitive cycle of downgrading who they are, what they're capable of, all that. And that's something that, um, yeah, I have a hard time being around that consistently, too, because because I don't like it, man. Yeah. I really don't like it. I don't yeah. want my kid walking around saying that stuff. Like, <laughs> no, man. It's, it's, not, no. it's not the game plan. So and the the subconscious is so much more powerful than we actually realize, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just goes back to a book we just read, Discipline is Destiny. He talks about um, one thing that really hit home with me is hold yourself accountable, but don't bash yourself, you know, mm-hmm. because that's one thing I did in college. Even my rookie summer, you know, if I were to wake up like 30 minutes late, sleeping a little bit, come on, man, be better than that. You know, I mean, hold yourself accountable, but don't, you know, don't bash yourself. Graciously, right? Exactly. That's a, that's a big thing as well. When guys are coming back from a, a day that's harder, they're having a rough time, that you can self-analyze and see things that you need to improve without, what's wrong with me? I'm yeah. like, like all that is a completely different thing. Like uh, kind of elevating yourself from the situation, looking at it objectively, picking apart areas in which you can improve things that you want to change, and at the same time deploying that grace. I, like I, I agree, I think it's incredibly important for us to continue our process of growth um, in a in a confident, not like, not like, oh, I suck. I don't know, man. You know, not not in that <laughs> yeah, way, yeah, right? Like absolutely. you got you got to give yourself room to grow, like mm-hmm. fail forward, right? Um, all right, so I want to talk to you about uh, influences right now in your life like there's a all of us young guys or uh, i'll put myself in the same category as you even there's nine nine years difference right <laughs> um but we all like are online to some extent and there's there's voices out there there's a ton of them the world's it's, it's saturated right what are some of the voices that you subscribe to you know via the internet well the new one is arnold schwarzenegger just because oh, yeah? i'm reading total recall right now his life story uh, longest audio book. It's, <laughs> it's a really good one. Oh, it's so, so good. I'm 11. I have 11 hours left. So, okay. Um, definitely Arnold, just because uh, everything he did, it was, you know, he always had the vision. Um, I was insane, man. Bodybuilder, um, actor, you know, so on and so forth. Um, Jesse Itzler, you might not know. Who, do you know who Jesse Itzler is? I'm, fam- I'm familiar with that name. He, uh, he wrote um, 30 Days. Oh, with yeah, the yeah. Seal. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. David Goggins guy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. Um, He's uh so he's got a long story too, but um he he owns uh, a private jet company and he just he's like the definition of embracing the suck. Uh, everything he does, he just you know he realizes that if you do hard things, you will be successful. So I really like following him, um, Sarah Blakely. Um, mm. That's his wife, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, how did how did she start her business? Oh, selling encyclopedias door to door. Oh, isn't that and ironic? Then, and then she sold Spanx door to door. Billionaire, it, yeah, billionaire. Um, I just like following her on Instagram because she posts a lot of a lot of things I like. Um, and then we got the ones we talked about last year. Obviously, The Rock, uh, Tim Grover, you know, Grant Cardone. Um, I would say those are the main ones um, for the most part. Yeah. Okay, hey man, uh, you think The Rock's gonna run for president? 
I don't know, man. I mean, not this year, but dude, I I think he's this is this is a prediction. I think the Rock is gonna run for president. This is random, but I think it's gonna happen. That's a solid one, man. He um, they've been talking about that for a while. Last two elections, he's been brought up. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, a we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, I think he'll win. (laughs) Yeah, everyone probably by landslide. Yeah. I hope they can come up with a third party. <laughs> Represent a third party. That'd be sick. We'd all yeah, vote for him. For real. Um, and right now, I want to talk to you about this dilemma that I know you've had in your life recently. It's a pretty serious one um, because I know that you've had the Audi and then you just got, you know, you just won a brand new car. So what are you, what are you doing now that you have two yeah, vehicles, man? man? Um, <laughs> very tough spot in my life right now. Uh, I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell the Audi. Um, okay. Which breaks my heart. I love that car. Um Oh my gosh! I drove it here, man. I was just because I'm selling. It, I'm trying to sell it as soon as possible, you know. And I'm just being up on it. The last couple of days, I have it, but um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell it. Keep the Jeep. Okay, and uh, I get that. I mean, it's it's a free car. Yeah, probably no, no car payment. Yep. Yep. Uh, Grant Cardone would be proud if you could invest that money in something. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> as far as your your latest move, right? Just moved into like a, a penthouse downtown Detroit. Uh, how's how's that been, man? It's amazing, man. Um, not a penthouse. It's a it's a it's an apartment. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Um, but <laughs> sorry, Steve. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, Steve's in a penthouse. Hey, we'll, partner, partner, we'll coming soon. Coming we'll soon. Steve's a penthouse, but. Um, I love it. You know, where I'm from, I'm from the country, grew up on the, on the farm, talked about it last time, but uh, I wanted to experience something new and um, got a nice little six month lease and I'm loving it. You got everything down there and honestly, you don't need a car, just the scooters you, you ride around on. Um, but after the summer, I was looking at buying a house um, so I could Airbnb it out during the summer, get some passive income going. Uh, I put an offer down this one in Oxford on a lake, it got accepted. And then um, inspection came and uh, it failed. The sewer was messed up. Ah. Yeah, radon levels. So kind of backed out of that. Um, and then interest rates jumped up to 6.3%. So I'm like, we'll wait on it for now. I know Mikey's pushing me to buy a house, but we'll, we'll wait on it. <laughs> hey, hey, hope, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the interest rates, like how long they'll be that way. Yeah, but we're, um, I'm going to save up enough cash. So hopefully after next summer, if everything's, you know, went down a little bit, I'll be able to purchase a new home. Okay. And I've asked a question kind of similar to this before, but this is a massive uh, issue of interest, I guess, uh, throughout probably the whole U.S. right now. There's a lot of people who do not know what their next step is between the ages of like, you know, as early as 17 up to 25. And a lot of people are just like they think they need to go to school. Right. And obviously not against school or anything. There's a lot of good jobs that require school. But what is it that you would say after you know, being in a position where you've you've worked to the place to earn more than most of these people's parents, you know, times a couple, obviously you're not, you know, prideful about that, but you figured some things out. What what would your advice be to them as far as like, hey, um, what's something productive they could do besides go spend $40,000 a year, $30,000 a year um, on something they're not sure if they're even going to use? Yeah. Um, well, it just goes back to, you know, it, if you're between the age of 17 and 22, like you said, and you don't know what you want to do the rest of your life, that's completely fine. You know, you're young, you know, you you don't have to have your whole life planned out. But um, with that being said, um, you don't have to, you know, I have nothing against college, but you don't have to go to school um, in order to, uh, you know, to get a a solid job. And I talked about this last year a lot in our podcast, but um, unless you want to be, you know, an engineer, a doctor, lawyer, nurse, something that definitely requires school. If you don't know what you want to do the rest of life, the rest of your life, get into sales because you learn so many good skills from sales. You learn how to communicate, 
Um, you learn how to, how to sell. Everything in life is a sale, right? Whether that's um, selling your girlfriend to marry you or whether that's merging on the highway, you have to sell yourself to that guy to let you merge in, right? Mm-hmm. So um, everything is a sale. It's a transaction. Um, so again, you know, we have all these kids who, who go to college for business. Um, and I'm going to take this right from Ethan Bacher's podcast. Uh, they're in this, you know, they're in this lecture. And um, I talked to a lot of guys in business and they're like, uh, well, my, my business professor said I should do X, Y, and Z. Um, and then, you know, we asked them, okay, what, what business does your professor own? Well, they don't own one, you know, they just, they just teach it. Okay. Then how do they, you know, how do they know how a business operates? Mm-hmm. If you want to learn about business, one, get into sales and two, network with individuals like yourself, Ethan, Tristan, these business owners who run a multi-million dollar sales team in four months. Hey, when you mentioned that too, um, one of the most important things that you learn is that an organization uh, functions so much on organization. And uh, I know you probably meant to throw that one in there, but there's a lot of names. Stephen Goodall is so good at that. Um, Ethan is incredibly good at that. But the guys within our team that come in and first they're sales reps, right? And they, if they do want to go to the next level and become part of you know business ownership as we expand, they learn how to organize their operation. You're essentially in this business, you essentially become the CEO of what, what you end up bringing into the company. Right. Yeah. And so that's one of my favorite things too, because there's a lot of different ways companies I'm sure that pr- provide learning experiences like that. I'm not super familiar with the names of those, mm-hmm. but that's something you literally get to learn firsthand as part of this. And there'd be guys on you all the time, like, Hey, uh, organize your crap, you mm-hmm. know, and you might have questions. You're like, what, what is Excel? All right, let's, let's talk for a second because I'm mildly yeah. confident. Like we might, we might have a conversation with Mike. So yeah. we'll see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they developed the, the basic skills to to keep a business, you know, organized and functioning that way. Yeah. And, and just to touch on Steven, man, this guy's insane, dude. He's, he uh, is. He's just he is. Go look at it. We can look at it right now, man. Yeah. Color code. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything's right. Um, but no, Steven's just, uh, he's one guy I really look up to. Um, you know, what's funny is he actually used to work for my dad. I don't know if you knew that. But no. uh, out of high school, um, my dad goes to these job fairs at the community college, and uh, he worked for my dad for a year, and then he got an eco shield, and then you know I, I now work with him. It's super ironic, but uh, dude, I look up to <laughs> Steve it. in so many ways. Uh, but organization is, is definitely the biggest one. Um, you know, it doesn't matter every aspect of his life; he's organized. You mm-hmm. know, like you said, look at his recruiting sheet, color coded. I'm like, how, how do you? He keeps up with it so much too. Have, yeah, you know, we have guys coming in and going. And every single day he's on that. I, I think I was talking to him. He goes on it like 10 times per day. So yeah, I, I, I believe dialed. it. If there's something that happened in the morning, you can usually go check his sheets and it'll be like later on in the day and it's updated. Yep. yep. And that's that just takes so much uh, consistency as far oh, as yeah. like his vision goes. So that's something that being around these being around these people, being around people that you, you push yourself to. I remember coming into, when you're coming into <laughs> a company, right? And you're, you're, the, you're the guy that's new. Right. Sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating for people to go up to the guys that are that are doing the things right, that have really uh, done well mm-hmm. in that organization. But by pushing past that, by being comfortable, uh, being uncomfortable. Right. Then you end up learning all these different things like within our organization. I've learned what you learned from Stephen, from Mike. Right. Learned about mm-hmm. how to actually effectively run teams and routing and all that from Alan. Right. Learned about like personal growth development, who does it better than gains. You can like you can learn all these different things. Ethan, everybody should learn how, from Ethan how to recruit because he's world-class at mm-hmm. it, right? And there's there's 
Brent is a freaking savage, man. How to sell, manage a team, motivate your guys the way that he does. Trains. He's the best yep. trainer. We got yeah. ta- Tanner, yeah. who makes everything oh, yeah. that he's around better, right? Absolutely. It's just something that's, can, like, literally, you go you go somewhere and Tanner's there, it would be better than if he wasn't there. There's something that's going to happen that he's going to add value with. And then Josh Wilmer's a freaking stud. Calm, collected, man. That guy is so calm, dude. dude he's cold is as eyes. <laughs> just stoic, man. But everybody else has... Everybody has these things that they're, well, if they're achievers, you know, they've got something that's gotten them there. Mm-hmm. And by spending time around them within proximity, you'll end up getting like their their best traits will end up coming across if you're willing to learn. So Just that's, through osmosis. <laughs> man, yeah, ab- absolutely love that, man. So your rookies around you, if they want to, if people want to see how to perform, how to do sales, they should just hang out with you as much as they possibly gotta can. Got to lead from the front, man. You got to lead from the front. There's no other option. Yeah. What's the, the long-term vision for you, right? So you're doing door-to-door. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's hilarious to a lot of people, right? Doing door to door as a career, right? Um, what's, what's your five year vision? What are you hoping to do, um, where you're at? Um, you know, hit partnership this year, obviously, but in five years from now, um, my team is going to be doing, um, 30 million. Um, and then I want to obviously in the real estate, uh, five years from now, I want to own five real estate properties. Um, so every after every summer, I'm gonna buy a new one. That's that's the plan. We're just gonna mm-hmm. pass income going, and then, um, yeah. If you, because again, if you, the quickest way to become a millionaire is to expand, you know, your um your umbrella with your portfolio. So, um, just real estate, and but you know, focus most of my time in the eco shield. Obviously, we talk a lot about the the things that people should be focusing on. What are some of the pitfalls you see from people your age right now? The way they're things in their life that they're not self-analyzing that they're going to realize in five, 10 years, like, Hey, maybe I should have tweaked that a little bit. What are some of the things you see from guys your age that are really young that, uh, Hey, if they tweak this, they might be more happy with where they're at. Oh man, where do I start? Parties, girls, alcohol, uh, <laughs> all the above, like you said before. But you're 20, so I'm sure you've never had any of that. Oh uh, no, in Canada. But, you know, <laughs> yep, that's why yep. I live in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, like I said, you know, social media, we talked about this before, but, um, I think people need to take a step back and, and look, um, who they're, who they're surrounded by, because you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And that is why I spend the most time with, you know, my guys, Tristan, Brent, because, you know, if you're surrounded by them, you as well, you know, Tr- or, um, Steven, Ethan, uh, you're the average of that. That's a pretty freaking high average, you know, yep. and you're going to end up being jacked too. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, I'm getting there. Yeah, hey, man, I, I literally love that. We, that we all work out and push each oh, other this year. It's different, man. There's, um, there's a different type of accountability in, in, um, the outliers organization as a whole, which I absolutely love. I love it. You see during our like accountability calls, you see how six, many six, 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 there's so many people with six workouts in, our, in our Snapchat, man. Um, I actually got on people last week, because, you know, the first two weeks of the off season, everyone's dialed and everyone's doing this and that. And we always sent um, pictures of like in the cold shower, pictures, you know, working Dude, I out. saw it. some people said, literally sent pictures of the cold shower. I love it. James yeah. was the first one, right? Yep, it's, exactly. It's not, yeah. it's not a full picture, but, you no. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, as the as off season goes on, you know, a couple weeks ago, there weren't any more Snapchats in there. So I, I sent a picture in the gym. I'm like, where's, where's the Snapchats at? You know, you guys sleeping in now or what? And then, you know, Brent went in on that as well. And then we got the guys, you know, still working out. All right. More so, hey, that, that reminds me. All right. So I'll jump, I'll jump back on my Instagram posts uh, in the gym in the morning. Absolutely. Please All do. Right. Yep. I'm a, I've adjusted the time just for everybody here because I like to be 
transparent, right? For a long time, I was getting up at 450. Um, but right now I'm trying to bulk. So I'll be getting up at six. So you'll notice a slightly different time frame. All right. I'm sleeping in there. I know, I know, <laughs> I know, dude. Gotta give the body some time to build up. Uh, thanks a lot, Patty. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see who ends up winning this year, man. Let's but go. it's gonna be some high levels of competition. So just to wrap this up, man, back here two years in a row, uh, we've gone over it a bunch of times, but it's something that's so challenging to accomplish one more time. All right, top 10 rookie, top 10 overall. What's the the vision? What's the goal next year for you? What what are we going to be talking about next year? Um, my team's I'm going to hit partnership. Obviously, my team's going to do four point five mil in four months. Um, personally, I will sell six hundred k in revenue. I commit to that now. Um, I know what it takes to sell one hundred fifty k a month in four months, and I can um, I can do that without a doubt. Um, if that puts me, I mean, that'll put me in the top ten. Obviously, you know, I can. Um, I, I can do top 10 again. Um, but it's funny, just looking back at the summer now, I, I look at 400K in the summer. Uh, not as easy, but, you know, I, I can do that. Um, you know, not, I don't want to say easy because it's not easy, but I can do 150K summer. So 4.5 million team, 600K summer, um, top 10 overall. And then one of the biggest ones is I will have three top 10 rookies on my team. I guarantee it. Three? Three. Three? Yes. You want to throw out some names? Um, not yet because, you know, you guys got to prove themselves. But um, <laughs> we haven't knocked doors yet. But um, I'm going back to Cabo. I actually got a text yesterday. got my tickets for Thursday. And I'm going back there alone. And that pisses me off. So I want to bring some guys back with me. Hey, I feel that. Um, and, hey, to circle back to a question that I remember being asked by the rookies to ask you, um, I forget who it was specifically. They said, what's the difference between somebody that sells average numbers, what we talk about, right? Managers end up making, once it's past their first year, on average, like 80K roughly, right? During four months is what the experienced reps typically make something like. Um, what's the difference between that guy that's making a living, he's doing a lot of things right, and then what would he need to do to elevate his game to, you know, being able to earn the kind of money that, that you and the guys in your same realm make, what are the biggest changes that he needs to shift? Uh, discipline. Um, Brent says this all the time, but if you uh, take the highest earners in a room and then you take their level of discipline, they're going to be synonymous. Um, the most disciplined people make the most amount of money. Uh, second is um, competitiveness. I've never seen someone who's crazy competitive not perform well and then lastly um is be obsessed uh it's crazy uh how i look at my life uh, growing up i don't really know why i think i'm just wired this way uh, every big obsess or every big success i have i simply just shrug at it um okay this isn't enough what's next like i look at this last summer my earnings yeah it's a good summer but I know I'm capable of so much more. If you're obsessed with progress, um, you will break through so many ceilings and that's how you sell a lot. I think that's a perfect place for us to, to wrap it up, man. Until next time, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'll, uh, we'll see you next year. Absolutely. Peace.